Hello, bruv. You're listening to another episode of Amateur Hour. It's a professional sports podcast by people who have never, ever, ever played professional sports. This is brought to you by the Believe Network. Every topic, every team, everywhere, bruv. Hashtag, do you believe? I am your host, Max, along with... Shreyas, mate. <laughs> and, and let's talk about sports. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode 87. 87. We are 13 away from the 100. And Shrey, I feel like we got to start getting to the drawing board. We got to start planning what special event we're going to do. Because I think the the centennial episode is it's kind of a big one. And people say that if you're doing a podcast and you get to 100, you're yeah. just bound to make it big. So Hollywood. What are you going to eat 100 of this week? Oh God! Um, <laughs> what's realistic to eat? A, I could eat a hundred French fries, individual French fries. Uh, is that a lot? I don't. I don't feel like it is. Like what? Like a medium. What's a fry, normal serving? Yeah, there's got to be like forty fries in there. Oh, then, so you're eating what? Two large fries, maybe. Yeah, that's not that exciting. That's got to be more exciting, exciting. than fries. Yeah. <laughs> but it's got to be like more. I can't It'd eat be like a hundred. If you're a plankton. Wow. <laughs> What's the secret recipe? <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll figure it out. So if anybody has any suggestions, just let us know. But thank you very much for joining us on this another episode of Amateur Hour. Uh, we've got a lot of sports. And well, frankly, that's why we're all here. Um, we've got a little bit of fantasy. We've got some bad Broncos. We've got some good Raiders. We've got some no calls and questionable rules and a lot, lot more. So let's kick things off. Get the good vibes rolling with the weekly highs. The weekly highs. All right, folks. So I have the weekly highs this week. Uh, and I suppose I'll start with my personal. And my personal, and this is post-Thanksgiving. This is post-post-Thanksgiving. Uh, I was stuffed to the brim. And I got to say, the food this year was A1. It was, I mean. The stuffing it, slap? Oh, the stuff is Shrey. I was so excited for the stuffing, and it did not disappoint. And nice. I'm telling you, the days following Thanksgiving, we had turkey soup, turkey sandwiches, yeah. turkey shepherd's pie. So, you know, you get all that. So you get the le- layers of leftovers. It was yeah. delicious. Uh, but but I we, I also got to see the Celtics in person in TD Garden, and that was just unreal. These guys Celtics look- Wizards, right? Saw Celtics Wizards, which was a great game. It was very comfortable, but you still got hyped at some moments. Jason Tatum was out, so Jalen Brown took the wheel, and it was just great. It was great to see friends and family. Uh, my mom said that she wanted a shout out, so mom, this is for you if you're listening. Uh, shout Woo! out to you. But yeah, that's about it. In sports news, uh, we've got the USA. Ole, 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 ole. Insert crowd noise. Uh, the USA has made it out of the qualifiers, which is incredible. They tied with England, which Trey and I had kind of looked at that game. We kind of previewed it, and we I'm impressed with a tie. Zero. Yeah, we I'm zero. definitely impressed with the with the tie. I was kind of worried that they would need the win to get out of the group, and Max, they did it. They did exactly what we needed. They did. They won their last game against Iraq. Iraq ran. Yeah, yep. It, one over versus Iran. It was uh, a, ga- a game that didn't have a lot of score. And I feel like they're winning these games where these grudge matches, not a lot of scoring. 
but the defense is playing well, uh, good goalkeeping, and they're keeping it close. And I think that's all you need, uh, especially considering they don't have a lot of goal scorers, right? And now Polisic, who scored the winning goal today, he was hurt after his goal, so he didn't play the rest of the game. So who knows what will happen in the round of 16, but at least you get there. That's Oof. all you need. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great for us. And again, we have been, for those of you who don't follow any soccer, uh, we have been historically bad for many, many World Cups. So yeah. the fact that we made it out is so good. It's so yeah. good. It's All huge. right, Trey, well, it's huge. That's about it for me. Uh, I feel very satisfied and upbeat. Now it's time to turn things down. Bring us to the lows. <laughs> the lows. Max, I don't know if I can I can do a, a full low this week. This last week was really I don't have any complaints. Yeah, yeah, seriously. I, 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 how how am I supposed to complain about, you know, a week with friends and family and kind of and eating, right? A, a, a holiday centered around oh, eating. Crap, I have to eat again. <laughs> yeah, like what am I like oh what am I supposed to say? Oh shucks. Like that's my low? No. I love food and no one can ever take that from me. Honestly, I gotta agree with you, Shrey. It's eating is one of the simple joys of life, I and mean, really, mm-hmm. just like eating good food. No, just eating, eating food. food. Oh. Eating oh, good food, even bad it. food. It's just eating. Yum. Max, Max, you've had some troubles with bad food in the past. I don't know if you want to say that. No, you're right. I, uh, <laughs> shudders. Shudders. Those burritos. <laughs> Those burritos. Never again. Stay away from burritos in Sedona, people. Stay away. <laughs> oh my God. So good. Well, Trey, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that you don't have any complaints because yeah, I, what? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> what about sports, Trey? What's uh, bad? We got a you know, pretty saucy injury this week. We did, and it's definitely tough for a team that's looking to make some sort of noise in the playoffs coming off of last year with the Minnesota Timberwolves, and that's Carl Anthony Towns, who just yesterday went down with the with a decently major calf strain. Um, he's going to be out four to six weeks. Could be more. People are saying, you know, it'll take until January for him to heal up. And, you know, I don't know if that includes rehab and getting back into, you know, five on five play, that type of thing, and kind of getting back into shape and stuff. But man, that's huge. Uh, it already was kind of getting dicey on that team, Max. I don't know if you've seen some of the clips of. <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns and Gobert playing next to each other, but they're not really? good. <laughs> they're I'd not see, good. Shrey, this I know, and that's something that we talked about. It's it's really it's literally it's like how is Gobert going to affect? Is he yeah. going to help? Is he going to provide that defensive kind of anchor point to allow Cat to do other things? And I not re- it's yeah I agree with you. It's like super weird watching them play, but the Timberwolves as a whole, I think, are they're doing okay. Yeah, they're doing okay. They, it, it's not to take away from their talent. I think the fit is more of an issue than yeah. the actual talent, yes. right? Like Gobert no. in and of itself, you know what you're getting from him. You're getting, you know, eight to ten points, fourteen, uh-huh. fifteen rebounds, a couple blocks, uh-huh. right? But then when you see the offensive, like how the offense is flowing, I know that Towns is better as a power forward, but I don't know if Gobert is that center that needs to be next to him. Like, I think they need a more athletic center because Towns, like, Gobert's blocking up the middle and then Towns is trying to make drives and he's really good at driving and Gobert is just standing there. And so now mm-hmm. he has to get pulled back 
And then Towns is like, well, who am I going to pass to? Oh, well, Gobert is sitting there 15 feet away from the basket. I'll pass to him, but he can't shoot. So then he'll pass to somebody else. So it's like, it's it's just not working. The fit is not working right now. I don't know how they get it to fit. And if they yeah. have to kind of stagger Carl Anthony Towns and Gobert when, they bo- when they're both healthy, it's going to be tough. But the, the talent is there, right? You have Edwards, you have Russell, you have Noel, who's a good bench player. You have Slow-Mo. They have decent talent. I think they're a playoff team, but I don't think they're going to make any noise more than they did last year. And they're a play-in team. They might be me. a play-in team. We we point. and yeah. today we published our uh, official power rankings. It's a little yeah. bit overdue, but you know it's nice to see. And these were uh, done in episode eighty-two, so it was only like two three weeks into the season. Uh, yeah. I'm feeling pretty confident about my standings, except for literally one thing, and that was putting the Charlotte Hornets. Oh my god! What you was made I you you made the you made the little footnote. I made a little too. footnote because I just <laughs> looking back, I, I don't know what I was thinking. I really thought LaMelo ball was him. And I thought Terry Rozier and Mason Plumley were going to be, I don't know. Yeah. Other yeah, than that, though, I feel pretty good. It's interesting. You put the 76ers there and it might like, at least at the end of the Easter conference, they're dealing with a lot of injuries too. Who knows if that affects their record going into the second right. half. What we said still stands. We're going to do, in about a week or two, we're going to do a recap of kind of where the NBA season is standing right now. And we have to talk about a really, really good team this week. But before we get into that, Shrey, I want to get into my, this was my Thanksgiving low. So we got football on, right? Yeah. And at 8 o'clock Eastern time, we get the Pats Vikings. And this was a game that, for the first three quarters, I was like, holy crap, that was a fun game to watch. It was tied up 10-10. Then it was tied 23-23. The Pats looked like they had an offense. I mean, Mac Jones was going north-south. They were actually letting him run. They were, uh, Well, not run so much as throw, but they were letting him throw more than like 10, 15 yards. And it was oh, great yeah. to see him do it. They were making great plays. Their defense was really, really solid. Until you get to this point in the third quarter. Where it's again, it's about Shrey, how how long was the throw? I think it was about twenty yards. Yeah, it was it was a it was like I would say, yeah, let's keep it at like around twenty yards. I'll, I'll get around the actual twenty yard throw. It was about a twenty yard throw to uh, tight end Hunter Henry, who has already making big catches throughout this entire game. Looked great. Hunter Henry catches the ball in the air, crosses the plane to the touchdown, falls on the ground, the ball is still on the plane. He kind of he oh, doesn't wobble it, it. It was a six yard. It was a six yard pass. Oh, so it was a I'm, short. I, they were in the red zone. For some reason, I was thinking it was a lot farther. Okay, six yeah, yard pass. T- boom. Hunter Henry in the corner gets it. Crosses the plane in the air. Lands. Uh, lands on. He, he's like down. The receiver, you know, or the defender, kind of stops him. Down. Ball is still crossing the plane. For some reason, they stop and they take an official review and they say that this man bobbled the ball so bad. Incomplete pass, touchdown, overturned. Even though he literally had it in the air and came down with it too. Shrey, yeah, we got to talk about the, this rule and this overturning because this ruined the game for me. When you watched that, what was your immediate thought? My immediate thought was his fingers are under the ball. The ball only pops out after he's crossed the plane and he's rolled over. And I thought, okay, there's enough movement with the ball in his hands even if the tip touches the ball right that's and you're going to talk about the rule but even if the tip touches the ball he has control of it and the ground doesn't help him make that catch i thought there was enough movement in that play that the touchdown would count because the catch had been completed and 
when he rolls over, the ball is out. But I, I just didn't see any reason for them to overturn it. Yeah, and so <laughs> the fact that they overturned that call. So to say that the ball pops out is honestly a generous term. And if you guys haven't seen it, I mean, we've all watched a lot of football, right? We have seen times where the ball will cross the plane originally, and then the rec- or the runner, the receiver, whoever – will get tackled, and the ball will land behind the plane. But because it crossed it entirely while it was still, you know, like up and the play was active, even though the down was behind the line, they will still rule that a touchdown. So for me, I'm a little bit confused how he's in the air, a ball crosses the plane. To me, that should be a touchdown. I mean, we've seen that a million times, right? You're a receiver. You barely get your two feet down or like you fall out of bounds, but like you, the ball crosses the plane. I mean, we've we've seen them hit that kind of orange post on the side, and that will count. So here you yeah. see the ball fully cross the plane. He goes down and he lands on his side. So as he lands, ball is still on the plane. And as he kind of rolls over, it kind of, he doesn't even bobble it. It just kind of like pops out of his hand. The other, the, the defender doesn't get anything. Like he doesn't get his hand on it. He doesn't poke it out. He literally holds the ball the entire time. It just kind of like jumbles a little bit. I, 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 it doesn't make sense to me, Shrey. How can they look at that play? with this overwhelming amount of evidence, which we have seen time and time again, and say, hey, that's not a touchdown. Yeah, and I don't, rem- I don't know if you remember this, Max, but they took a long time on that replay too, right? And yeah. normally when you take that long on a replay, they're really trying to, you know, find the minutia of the minutia to be like, okay, is there any at all evidence? And at that point, if they're trying to do that, it's not overwhelming enough to overturn. Right, because the call on the field was touchdown. Yeah, when they when they review all scoring plays, only then did they call it. Uh, did they reverse the call? But it took so long that you thought, okay, if it's going to take this long, then obviously there isn't something clear and concise from the get go that says, oh, this is not a touchdown. So I that was my thing of like, okay, maybe there is some discrepancy. Maybe there's some uncertainty but is there enough to say that that's not a touchdown i didn't believe so and a lot of people online also didn't believe so so even if you're not a pats fan to have a ref just kind of blatantly overturn a call like that imagine if it was your team imagine if you're a chiefs fan and patrick mahomes throws a great touchdown pass to kelsey he crosses the plane in the air and lands and so i just want to read the rule for everybody this situation would be infuriating regardless of who your team is and it was a great game not saying the vikings wouldn't have won anyway but to right. just have something just ripped out, it changes the entire flow. And then all of a sudden the Pats are just like, what the heck? And they didn't, they just didn't have it. I wouldn't be in it either. The new, as of 2018, NFL catch rule determined that a catch is defined as control of the ball, two mm-hmm. feet, or another body part down in the field of play, and a football move, including a third step, reaching or extending for the line to gain, and the ability to perform such an act without being hindered. So the two feet, is only if you're leaving, if you're going out of bounds. So this means that you can have another part of your body down in the field of play, which is exactly what happened. Right. So he should have just been down, period, before right. the ball so, had any movement out. So I, that's what I don't understand. So my, my thing is also like, if he was down, you could have called him down before the line, right? He did, ex- he did extend a little exactly. bit. So why yeah. wouldn't it be a catch at the one, like the half yard line? Based on the rule that you see, the, the rule that you read. If they didn't want to call it a touchdown because, oh, okay, when he kind of extended that a little bit when he, you know, turned to his side, then the ball started to, like, you know, 
bobble, but you know, we can kind of squabble with the semantics, but why wouldn't they just call it from the one yard line or something and then have them run another exactly. play? They just he took the whole lost, catch out. They took the whole catch out. They said it was incomplete, even though it the ball literally never touched the ground. It was always in yeah. his body. And we've straight, we've seen players and receivers bobble a ball and regain control before they go down or as they go down. And that's ruled a catch or a touchdown. Yeah. And I thought we were done with this, Max. I thought we we're what, past done the with days having of- the refs having their grubby little hands all over a game and just completely changing the flow. Well, just no. what, the what is the catch conversation? Like, I thought when we had the Des Bryant catch, and that obviously was in a bigger spot, right? I think that was the NFC Championship game. But right. when we had that, and then you were like, oh, no, that's a catch. And then they called it incomplete. You're like, okay, then what is a catch? Then I remember Pat's Steelers and Jesse James reaches out, and he loses the ball as he goes and reaches it out. But they call the whole play incomplete because the ball comes out when uh he crosses the plane then you're like okay now we're having this conversation again now i feel like it's like an every five years thing because every five years we're gonna have a play where the where everyone's gonna get mad about what the refs called and then they're gonna have to like make a little addendum to the catch rule like they're gonna have to instead of the word and it's gonna be or and instead of or it's gonna be it like we're just changing little words here and the refs call it the same way every time so it should have been a touchdown. I don't understand it. I don't understand it at all. If it was anybody else, it would have been a touchdown. Not to go off <laughs> Patriots conspiracy theory, but the refs hate New England. Roger Goodell <laughs> hates New England. Now I, I'm getting off on a tangent, but but to be honest with you, to have the refs affect a game like that really just took my enjoyment as a fan. And I think I could speak for anybody who would be in that scenario. It's like you're watching the game, you're enjoying yourself, it's close, it's competitive. That's why yeah. we watch football. And then all of a sudden you just reverse an obvious call. Uh, that sorry, sour taste. There's gotta, I mean, there's got to be some sort of policing of the refs' calls on the field. I don't know if it's going to be a sky cam no, where there's just a, like where the a NBA guy sitting. Shred, there's no accountability after this the is, game. They'll go back yeah. and say, "Oh, we got it wrong." That doesn't yeah. affect the score. <laughs> that doesn't affect the box score. It doesn't change a win or a loss. Nope. No. So that no. doesn't mean anything. And refs don't get fined. The review team doesn't get fined. They should, shouldn't they? No, <laughs> like no, 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 they, no seriously. It should. If the call is egregious, yeah. If players are going to get fined for, uh, you know, conduct on the field, well, whatever they do, you know, personal fouls and all that stuff. I feel like some calls could definitely be called personal fouls from a ref standpoint. Seriously. <laughs> the ref has violated the game. put put that in the game game. (laughs) oh my god ref is bozo all right moving on folks uh we have to talk about the best team in the nba right now standing in record wise uh that is the boston celtics now this is coming up not only because i saw them live and in person but stray right now they are 17 Mm -hmm. and 4 on a four game win streak they've won nine out of their last 10 they're 10 and 1 at home seven and three away 11 and four in the conference. What do you feel like is the Celtics biggest secret to their success? What is the bread and butter? What is the secret ingredient in the soup? What are they doing right this year? That's different from last year and years prior. So currently it's their depth and that's, what's really getting them through these games. And it's also, and this is partially a cause for concern, but partially why they've been winning so much is 
their starters are playing a lot of minutes, Max. Tatum and Brown are in like the top five, fifteen, depending if you want to add put both of them on the list of minutes uh, per game, and uh-huh. that's a big reason, right? When Tatum is playing so well, and you got him out there for thirty eight minutes a game, they're gonna run up the score on you, like. And that's partially a cause for concern is like, does he need to be in all these games for 37, 38 minutes? Probably not. And over the past couple games, they've definitely taken that down a notch. Like he's playing 30, 31, 33 type of type of deal. And same with Brown. But when they're not on the court, it's their depth. When Tatum is out, you get Brown scoring. But then you get guys coming off the bench like Hauser and Cornette and Griffin and Derek White. And Brogdon, yeah. who's been so consistent scoring the ball in limited minutes, that benches can't really deal with that. They have a starting unit as their bench, Max. They have a, like you could put that bench as the starting unit of the Rockets. They probably play as well, if not better, than the Rockets. Yeah. So, so right, exactly all those names that you listed. It, so when you start, let's say, let's just take the game the other night, right? Jason Tatum's out, so you're starting smart, Jalen Brown. Derek White, yeah, uh, Al Horford and Grant Williams. No, he was okay. Al Horford was out. They played Griffin and Grant Williams. No, Griffin wasn't in in the last last game? night. Last game, yes, yeah, last game Griffin was, yeah, because Al Horford yeah. was out. Al Horford right. was out. And I'm yep. saying like, let's say Al Horford's in. Even okay. just on the guard perspective, Derek yeah, White yeah. comes out, Malcolm Brogdon comes in, Jalen Brown comes out, Malcolm Brogdon comes in, then yeah. Peyton Pritchard who. People are still like, oh, he's an undersized guard. He is super efficient this year. He is a spark plug. And along with Luke Cornett, they, they, their plus minus is fantastic. Because uh, I remember they were, we were playing against um, the Kings, right? And the Kings were going on one of their like top team destroying runs, which they have been full of over the past like, 10, 20 games. The, the yeah. Kings have been tearing good teams up, right? They started to do that to the Celtics. They were up probably eight. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Missoula made the switch, put Cornette and Pritchard in. Oh, my God, the energy changed. And that's the same thing. Now when those guys get tired, Derek White comes back in, Marcus Smart comes back in. I mean, that is brutal. I, so I agree with you. The depth is really, really beneficial. But people argue. They're like, oh, well, well, straight. And what's the difference here, right, between a team like the Celtics and then a team like the Clippers? Because the Clippers are also really, really deep. So what's the difference here? I think their ability, they're just able to make shots at every position, Max. I'm just looking at the three-point field goal percentage uh, of players. And of the top 15 in three-point percentage, the Celtics have one, two, three, four, five. Wow. They have five players in the top 15 of uh, three-point field goal percentage in the league. Wow. And so at every at every level, at every position, they have someone that's able to make shots. And what's the NBA about? It's about making buckets, making right? Shots. And three yep. and when and in this day and age, you gotta be a good three point uh shooting team. You have and to I think be. that's and I think that's one thing that they kind of lacked across the board last year is people yep. making three pointers across the board. Grant Williams definitely had a jump. But he was in the starting unit, right? Now they have people off the bench that can make three pointers, and I think that's well, going to be a, that's going to be a huge boon going into the second half of the season. 
And Shrey, I want to take that one step further, and it's not just their ability to make shots. It's the shots that they're taking are really, mm-hmm. really good. The Celtics are a great – it's a perfect example. Any high school, college, whatever coach, if you're trying to like lead your team and change your offense, watch how the Celtics do it because they create a lot of open looks through off-ball movement and through regular ball movement. That's yeah. resulting – I mean, like I've watched so many plays where the ball will touch all five spots. That is – just good basketball. And I don't care if you're new age or a basketball purist or an old head, you can agree that like when the ball touches everybody and swings around and finds an open man for a nice, just wide open three, yeah. that's great. They're not forcing anything. And when they do, I, I, I honestly like the only person who Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, they're the stars and they can make some of those difficult shots. But even this year compared to last year, there's less times where I'm watching and being like, Oh Jesus. Oh God. Why are you shooting that? Now I'm like, Oh wow. Yeah. Good shot. Seriously. Yeah. And I think that's I think that has to be a, in an, uh, a partly because the teammates that are around them are more trustworthy, right? Like they're all in a groove right now, so they don't feel bad. I it, it almost feels like okay, this is the bare minimum of teamwork, but like they're passing to people that are making their shots. They're passing yep. to people that are in a groove. And who knows if they ever fall off, right? Like do I expect Sam Hauser to be a 49% three-point shooter? Probably not, yes, but like for the whole season. Yes, 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 I do. I do. <laughs> you, do you do? I do. I expect him to go up to 55. 55? Even more for sure. No, I'm kidding. So right now, right now, Yuta Watanabe is the, the league leader in three-point field goal percentage at 57. So like that's just, I don't know if that's, <laughs> if that's even possible to but keep for a whole season. He, yeah, no, he he doesn't. Yeah, no, that's. But regardless, I'm saying that I, even if even so, like I expect him to be a 40 percent field goal shooter. Like that's, I don't know, I don't know that it'll be that high, but it won't. I don't think it'll change either. And I think that's partly in of why that Tatum and Brown are more accepting of passing the ball around and letting other people shoot is because they're making their shots, and that's a really good thing to have, Max. We've seen the Dallas Mavericks have this issue, right? Where Luka Doncic is basically oh, the yeah. only engine yeah. on that team. And Shrey shared a great stat. It was, it was if Luka, if every like, you know, what, what was it defined as? Like All, it was an open looks. It was, it was defined almost as like expected assists. Expected assists, right. So if every like pass that he made went to somebody who could like feasibly and statistically make the shot that they received, Luca would go from averaging eight assists to averaging 16 assists a game. Yeah. I mean, that is insane. We already know that Luca is a phenom. <laughs> and the, the Mavs signing Kemba Walker is, is, is mind-boggling to me. But good Yeah, for that, that'll help their shooting. Yeah, um, that'll help their what, uh, <laughs> zero defense. The fact that Christian Wood gets bent for no defense, and now they're looking at Kemba Walker, the worst defender in the league. Oh my God, I can comfortably say that he is the worst defender in the entire league. Yo, and he was and literally like, kicked off the New York Knicks, who is not known for their defense. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's so true, and and that's bad. I, I'm I'm a little confused at that move, but also like back to my point. Luca's having that issue where he's passing to people that can't shoot the ball right now, right? Like Tim Hardaway is like, un- like I think he's like close to, if not under, thirty percent from the three. Same with Reggie Bullock. Reggie Bullock is basically uh, just a 
a runner. He's a sprinter. Yeah. He just goes from yeah. side to side, and and then he had to take. It was funny. I was reading. He took. He had a rest day. I was like, "What has he done to deserve rest?" But he had a rest day. So like, they he they he has they have no shooters. So that's why Luca is more. Uh, he has he he's more he's more likely to just take it upon himself to do everything, right? And that's mm-hmm. how they're winning these games. Him, Dinwiddie's there, but he's not he's not been as consistently, I guess as maybe that they would need, right? He's been good, but he's they need more than what Dinwiddie's giving them. And Christian Wood has probably been their best player other than Luca, but he doesn't I guess but again, have, even defensively, he is kind of a concern. Yeah, and Jason Kidd isn't playing him 35 minutes a game. So like he can only do so much in 26 27 minutes. That's a complete that? opposite. Well, you know what, too, with the Celtics, and this is one yeah. thing that I've noticed uh, on top of that, you know, you're right. And everything that you said is correct. You're passing the guys that are making shots. You're passing, period, and you're trusting your teammates. The chemistry on the Celtics is like 100. These right are guys now, that yeah, look like clicking. they genuinely enjoy playing together. They know what they have one goal. They have one mission. And, I mean, Blake Griffin, that was the best signing because that guy is funny. I was watching them just sitting on the bench. This guy's got the whole bench just cracking up. Yeah, he's got him cracking up. That's huge. <laughs> that's huge. I that, that is so underrated and undervalued, but I think that's such a huge thing. So. And, Max, currently everyone's accepted their role, right? That's one thing where we had a concern going into the season of you bring in Brogdon. Brogdon, who was a, has starter, been a starter last year. Yeah. He's been a starter for years. Yeah, he's been a starter since he was he was a rookie. And now he's going to play 25 minutes. Sometimes he plays like 23 max, but he's been, he's taken the most sacrifice, but he's done the most with his minutes too. And he's Mm. made the most impact, right? Like we want, we obviously want him to be playing in clutch time. And I think that's kind of, you know, the rotations, Missoula is going to have to definitely figure that out as the season goes on of like, who's best for this situation. And, you know, who's a better crunch time player, but, I haven't seen anything out of the locker room or, you know, just reports that say that someone is kind of ticked off about, you know, how many minutes they played or wishes they were at the, on the court at the end of the game. And that's really why everyone's kind of like doing well is because everyone's doing as the most of what their role currently is. It's a model for any team in the NBA to aspire to play to this level of team basketball. I I genuinely think that. Yeah. And not just because I'm a diehard Boston fan, but I think that the decisions that they're doing, I mean, they are, they've built up two superstars, two, not one, you know, because again, you only have one Jokic. Obviously you have, you know, the Jamal Murray's and the Michael Porter juniors. That was such a bad move. Regardless, <laughs> um, you know, you built up two guys and then you've just surrounded them with like dedicated role players who, like you said, know their role. And it is, yeah. I mean, the ball movement, the chemistry, the defense too. We we were had concerns at the beginning of the year. We're like, oh man, like, you know, oh they started off and their defense isn't great. They've found yeah. the stride. Their defense is stellar. I mean, they go for stretches. Tightened it's tightened up. They go for stretches right now that are a little bit concerning, especially right. with that second and third unit where you're like, okay, guys, got, got to tighten it up. But you know, when you call a timeout and you readjust, they do a pretty good job. And a thirty-four to four run against the uh, Kings. I mean, that's not by accident. Yeah. That's an adjustment that that's coming out of the half and understanding we're not playing well and we got to switch it on. That's that's something that like we've seen the Warriors do for years, right? Where they switch yep. it on in the third the quarter and, yeah. and historically we've been bad 
in the third quarter, right? Like I get afraid in past Celtics teams coming out of the half with the lead because I'm like, oh, I'm not ready to call it a game yet. Yeah, <laughs> we're like, you want you let it all go? <laughs> like that's how I feel. I'm like I just blink and they're they're down in the fourth. But what this year, I, this year they've definitely taken up their defense and their offense a notch in the third quarter. Let's see if they keep it going. Points at half, over seventy points at half for like the last four games. That's insane. Yeah, that's crazy. Come on now. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> oh, it feels good right now. It feels really good. So yeah. it's just it's lessons to learn. Keep on keeping on. All right, Shrey, give me what I want. And what I want is your fantasy picks of the week. You want my fantasy picks. Sorry, that was my bad Christopher Walken impression. But you want my fantasy picks. I give them go. to you. <laughs> there Not you go. For free. <laughs> so let's start with football, Max. I'm gonna go with my guarantee. And I know it's a little, I know it's a little easy coming off the game that he had, and we'll talk about it. But Josh Jacobs versus the the Chargers D. They don't have a really good rush defense, uh, run defense, and if Josh Jacobs is healthy, which you know he's been battling the calf issue, hopefully that didn't get worsened with the amount of running he had to do last week. But if he's healthy. You got to start him. You got to fire him up. I, he's definitely a guarantee for me. Uh, he'll mm-hmm. probably get a touchdown or two, the way that defense is. Second, this is my sleeper. I'm going to go with George Pickens, wide receiver for this, uh, the Steelers against Atlanta. I think he's their wide receiver one right now. Deontay Johnson isn't doing a lot with his targets. He's getting yards, but George Pickens is the guy that they go to deep. And they go too often, especially Pickett really likes the bigger the bigger receiver. And I think he can get you enough yards and potentially a touchdown to make him worthwhile as a flex play this week. What about okay. you, Max? I like that. Uh, I'll tell you who it's not. It's not Chase Claypool. What an abysmal career move <laughs> for that guy. Holy crap. Ever since he went to the Bears, oh, my God. Why? Why Why did that trade even happen? Anyway, uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh, that, yeah, yeah, a good job getting rid Pittsburgh of is them. thanking them for taking them off. They're, the they're thanking They're like, please. Uh, my Speaking of playing the Bears, so Aaron Jones had one touchdown but only 40 yards last week. My lock for this week, this guy is up and down, but against a uh, Chicago Bears defense. I'm picking Aaron yeah. Jones. He has been wildly inconsistent this entire year. When I needed him to score literally eight points, he'll give me four. Uh, and when I have him on my bench, he'll give me 26. So, you know, it's just, but this week I have moved him. He's actually on my team. I've moved him into the starting lineup because I think he's going to decimate Chicago. Uh, nice. And that's my guarantee. My, so if you didn't have a buy, I picked him before, but guess what? I'm picking again. Jeffrey Wilson Jr of the Miami Dolphins. Now, I know it's playing San Francisco. San Francisco is a tough team, but I am very much looking forward. Revenge game? I am very much looking forward to this San Francisco-Miami matchup. I'm actually, this is one of the the games that I'm excited to watch this week. That's a huge game. San Francisco's rolling. Miami had a huge game this past week. So, I'm looking forward to see what they can do. Um, Coach plays his former team. Coach plays his former team, and Jeff Wilson Jr. plays his former team. So, 
he's been solid ever since coming to Miami. I I said if you if you can pick him up, pick him up. Uh, yeah. And if he's still for some reason on your waiver wire, which he's probably not anymore. He's rostered in like eighty six percent of leagues. <laughs> uh, yeah, try to get him. So those are my two. Those are my my. But Jeff Wilson's my sleeper because San Francisco's pretty solid. Yeah. All right. What about basketball? Max, my first guy, I'm going to go with Terrence Mann. He's the Clippers small uh, forward or shooting guard, uh, depending on if you're playing Yahoo or ESPN. And Paul George is out. Kawhi Leonard's out. And they oof. haven't really. It feels like every two games, Paul George says, Paul George is out another two games. Same with Kawhi Leonard. So as long as those two are out, Terrence Mann has taken the most of his minutes. And so look for him to continue producing. He can produce at all levels, um, points, rebounds. He's definitely one of the best rebounding guards when given the minutes. And yep. he's definitely assisting a little more too. And he's also a good defensive player when given the chance. So Terrence Mann is my first pick. The second one, I'm going to go with Justice Winslow. He's been uh, really solid in the the starting lineup for, for Portland. He's the small forward there. And... Damian Lillard is out, right? So that requires a little more playmaking ability to be inserted into the lineup. And Justice Winslow is one of the better assisting forwards in the league. Uh, just from he, he's he's almost a triple double watch when he's got it going. So if you can get him, just kind of stream him. Lillard is out for another week or two at least with the calf injury. So Winslow could be good in some spots here uh, coming up this week. And lastly. I got Markel Fultz. Oh, pray for Markel because they messed up his shot. Markel Fultz is uh... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's back. He's back. Uh, he's going to be ready for Wednesday's game. Uh, we're recording this before Wednesday, but he's going to be back. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that guard lineup right now cole anthony is going to be back markel fultz is back jalen suggs is out it feels like whenever one person is in the other two are out and vice versa so right now jalen suggs is the person that's out we'll see they really like fultz max and he probably could be considered the preferred guard in that guard rotation when healthy so he might be a stash play he might be someone you want to just kind of watch out for maybe you don't pick him up right away but it's someone you watch out for and you see how that guard rotation kind of plays out. Okay. I like those picks. Magic are fourth seed. Uh, I'll tell you who my fantasy pick is not. It's not Patrick <laughs> Beverly, that bum. Oh my God. I, I, for those of you listening for a long time, you know, I already don't like this guy. And now he shoved his son's player literally from behind. The fact that people were defending him makes me ill. That, oh, that's yeah. a bully ball move. No, I'm uh, sorry. Pat Bev is a bum certified. Three-game suspension. Deserve it. Anyway, my picks for this week. Uh, another person who is rostered in uh, not that many leagues, Ivica Zubac, after his monster game, but also on the Clippers, and very much like Shrey, is kind of starting to settle into his role. I think he actually plays pretty good with uh, the Terrence Manns of the worlds. Um, yeah. and He's just, I mean, he's like their big man. Like he's a he permanent just, monster. When he's given the minutes, Max, you saw what his ceiling is. I don't know oh, if he'll yeah. I don't know if he'll score thirty points, but he'll definitely give you those boards and blocks. 
he'll get you those boards and blocks. He is like solid. He's like the last of a dying breed of like conventional, slow but <laughs> yeah. sturdy big men. Yeah, uh, and he he is solid. I almost traded him away, but thank goodness I did not. Ooh. My second pick is Thad Young of the Toronto Raptors. Okay, uh, this good is pick. a guy who's going to pretty consistently get you. He's averaging one point two steals, so. That's a solid stat. He gets you like two to four a night, sometimes zero. Gets a solid amount of rebounds, especially over his past six, seven games. And will get you a handful of assists, as well as scoring pretty much 10 plus a night. I know he's averaging 5.8, but his minutes have only recently started climbing. Um, so Thad Young is going to be. And, and Max, a note on Thad Young. They benched Gary, uh, sorry, Gary Trent in the last game. And it wasn't because of, you know, injury like they did with Scotty Barnes. They benched they benched him and Thad Young started that game. It's gonna be interesting to see that rotation and how that kind of plays out over the next couple of games on if that was a nurse decision to say, hey Trent, you're not playing well. Like we gotta, you know, figure out what's happening with your shooting and then maybe we'll put you back or if this is gonna be a more permanent situation. Mm. So that's something to look out for. It's something to look out for, but either way, upside for Thad Young, who I thought has always been a solid player. Oh, yeah. Always solid. All around My great pick, forward. I, I agree. I, I couldn't agree more, sir. My <laughs> last pick is, even though Drew Holiday is back, Javon Carter of the Milwaukee Bucks is my pickup. Uh, with Drew Holiday back in his last two games, he had 18 and 14 points, two oh, assists wow. and six assists. Uh, so in a steal or two in each game, he's getting still a lot of minutes. He's getting like 25-plus. So he is still a solid, and when you watch him, he passes the eye test, and he's a little bit more of that kind of three-point shooting that the Bucks need. He averages almost two made a game, so he's somebody that's gonna, I think, gonna stay in their rotation, barring the fact that Brooke Lopez will just take off and start making five threes a game. Javon, when did you know that you were gonna play this well? When I woke up. <laughs> goat, Amazing. goat mentality. Javon Amazing. Carter. Yep, yeah, he's the man. All right, Trey, for our last two topics, uh, we've got a little bit more football. Do you want to go bad or do you want to go good? We always start with the bad. Feel them. Feel them in the future through the radio. I feel like we always start bad because we love the bad. We love the the bad around here. But let's start with good. The sticky. All right, we'll start with the good. (laughs) The good is that the uh, Oakland Raiders, sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders are on a two-game win streak. And this last game came at the hands, literally single-handedly, the hands of Josh Jacobs, who yeah. was insane. How many yards did he post? He had uh, Three. 303 total yards from scrimmage. Yep. Oh, scrimmage yards. my goodness. And guess what the Raiders, this is the bad. So that's the good. Raiders fans, rejoice. You guys got two wins in the books now. You are four and seven. Looks like a comeback. <laughs> the not so good. <laughs> is that the Raiders did not extend off of his rookie contract, Mr. Josh Jacobs. So now he's a free agent after this season and is going (laughs) undoubtedly to get the bag, barring any major injury. That's the only thing I see holding him back. But, oh, my God, that's kind of a fumble. Yeah, that's that's it was interesting because he definitely had a. Uh, a lackluster I would say not because we've seen Josh Jacobs play well and he was a pro bowler before but last year in particular he kind of had a down year and I feel like the Raiders looked at that and said "Uh, we could probably get 
another running back. And so we'll probably just kind of play him, play out Josh Jacobs, right? His last bad, but they didn't expect this. Max, It's still Josh Jacobs, man. They didn't expect this. Max, this is like, he's probably the top, like I'm thinking he's probably been the top running back all year in terms of just like, you have to watch this guy run and you have, and, and teams have to like scheme up for him. Like Bro, he's been he, insane. Him and like him and Derrick Henry, like have been like the toughest yeah. r- running back matchups for teams this year. It's been insane. Yep, he's got he's got the baby boy Derek Carr on his back. Literally, he is carrying the team. He is. He really is. Derek Carr has been awful, and Josh Jacobs has been like the silver insane. lining. Him and Adam ludicrous. Yeah, <laughs> it's been it's been crazy. So the fact that he's made him look foolish in a sense by not picking up that fifth year option. Like, good for him. Like, he's really bet on himself. The Raiders didn't bet on him. They didn't want another, you know, uh, cheap contract year from him. And they could have had him for, for less money. But now he's probably, as, you know, as like you said, barring injury, he's probably going to get $10 million if per Debo year. Debo Samuel wanted out and wanted a bigger contract, yeah, I think Josh Jacobs is going to get it. For sure. For sure. And he got it. Maybe, uh, who knows if they pay him? The one thing, though, is that it's tough to pay a running back over 10 million a year rarely works out. I can't think of a time off the top of my head where paying that type of money to a running back works out. So that's why you should have probably given him the option just to see where it could have gone. Maybe you could have traded him in the last year, but you did it. Now you don't get that opportunity. A fumble, a fumble, a fumble is putting it nicely. (laughs) You know who else fumbled? Uh, Russell Wilson. And this is the bad this guy is stinking up the joint. Let Russ cook. Let Russ cook. Oh, and now bro, he's not getting yelled at. This guy stinks. He's not, yeah. Oh, my God, does he stink. He's not even getting yelled at by the media. He's not even getting yelled at by the fans. He's not even getting yelled at by his own wife. He's getting yelled at by his very own teammates. Yeah. I don't know if anybody saw, but this past week, as the Broncos fumbled the bag, Mike Purcell, Broncos tackle, literally walks off the field and screams in Russell Wilson's face, which is, I, I don't know. I, I don't really see a lot of tackles yelling at their star quarterbacks. So this is a first for me. Yeah, it, and it, it just shows that, like, obviously you kind of see what's happening in the heat of the moment, right? And they're direct, and this is the first time in the heat of the moment with all these losses and all these bad games that it's been, that the team has, someone on the team has directed it towards Russell, right? Where it's like, it almost felt like I couldn't obviously lip read, but almost felt like he said, we're trying to do our job. You do yours. Like it almost felt like that. Right. Max, I don't know if you've seen that. Um, <laughs> what is it? The, the, the graph of like the bathrooms in Russell Wilson's house versus the amount of touchdowns that, uh, that he's thrown this year, but is it in inverse relationship. No, it's like, so, so I think it's like, I think he has like t- 11 or 12 bathrooms in his house or something like that. But he's yeah. thrown like nine or ten touchdowns. Like, and we're in week eleven. Oh, wow. So it's oh, so it's catching up to. I so see. it's not even. Yeah, but Max, how? Why is it taking so long? Right. So it's like I think the the team is also like, yo, it's taking a long time for for this guy to uh to play decent. He doesn't football, have he ten has touchdowns this season. He doesn't have ten touchdowns this season. Max, he, he has, has eight, eight touchdowns. <laughs> eight touchdowns. What are we in week? F- we're in week we're we just finished week 12 we're going to week 13 <laughs> oh brother 
Well, he's got a he's got he's a, only he's, got, he's only playing oh, eleven games, but he's got a passer rating of eighty two for the season. Like it's just so bad, and I think it's starting oh, to get to them, right? Like, I, I don't know who you blame, but at at some point, fifty eight point nine percent completion percentage. Oof. It's, it's just it's just not good enough, Max. The, that is the worst of his entire career. It's just oh not good enough. God, that is we, six we, points below last year. With the weapons that they had, with the have Max, right? Like you know, I know they went through the Javante injury, but they still have Sutton. They have Judy. They have uh, KJ Hamler, right? Like they have you know, like they have Dulcich. Like he's been a good tight end when he's thrown to him. They should be better than that, what they are, regardless of you know some of the secondary players that maybe people haven't heard of. But like they should be better than they are. But he's been the yeah. reason why they haven't been better. That the quarterback well, has not was, elevated the team. It doesn't see. This is the thing. This is the thing about ego. It's like there. I I don't blame. I don't blame him for getting yelled at. I don't blame Purcell at all. Like no, I don't he blame literally him. like the defense is trying to do something. And, yeah. and he he literally is like, for the love of God, can you not suck? Yeah, literally, literally. And no, and I don't think that's anything to ask for. It's it, dude, he is playing just as bad, if not worse, than Derek Carr. Yeah, I I don't understand that. No, he's worse. I think he might be worse, and it's because of and the expectation. Bad. It's because of the expectation. Yeah. Oh if I had to pick the expectation, right? And Obviously, the contract, right? Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, the contract too. The contract too, right? It's bigger than Carr's. The expectation of the team, even though Carr got Devonte Adams, I still expect more from Russell Wilson, considering his career, right? And I feel like every week there's a part in the back of my mind that always thinks, "Well, considering the matchup, this might be the week." And every week, he has done nothing to let nothing but let us down as NFL viewers, as football, fa- like he is, like it's just uncanny that regardless of the matchup he can't take advantage of it and i don't i don't know what it is like is it mental at this point like does he just not have the ability i just i can't figure it out and and partially i thought yeah i thought the coach was the issue max originally i thought oh he's up you know russell wilson's having some you know mental lapses with kind of some of these plays at the end of games and stuff like that but the coach is definitely needs to like get them all in line but even though the coach sucks like we got to put a lot of blame on on russell now too like i think both of them deserve to kind of put you know the fire under their their rear ends right now so i it's right i agree and that is uh oh man it's tough it's tough if you're a broncos fan because this is the worst case scenario you gave and don't the forget bag. max their first step their first round pick does is not belong to them so not only are they gonna have a bad uh, they're bum, gonna have like a bum, bum. Yeah, they might get a fit. They might get a top five pick the way that the the Broncos Pete are Carroll, going. Right now. Pete Carroll laughed all the way to the bank. He 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 really swindled them. I he's originally got, he's got Geno time. A lot of people thought uh, that's a lot of like, and I think when we talked about the trade originally, we were like, okay, that's a. Russell Wilson's a good player, but that's a lot of that's a lot of picks, assets that you gave up. But we thought, okay, it would even out because Russell Wilson, you're getting the talent, right? And so you you want the talent if you're all in. But the fact that he 
he's actually made them worse and they get the pick and they lose the pick is insane. It's and they, yeah. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. All right, folks. Well, yikes. You've been listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with Shreyas. And we will see you next time. Peace.